0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. La Ozil! Go! Could have went but it went right. Could
0: it went right. but it went right. right. We the deposit and
2: Could have had that fight, but I'm going
0: to walk on sight. I have to drop that You're not going to split this time. Try to work with the top energy. I'm going the that's the response of the line.
1: Hello, welcome to another Tachigudas podcast. My name's Lewis. Um, I feel like I ain't been on a podcast for a while, actually. Um, you know, times times are times are time bad, times are hard. But you know what? We just won six nil yesterday, lads. So I'll take her away. Hey, I'll take her in. How are hey,
0: I don't care about six nil. I want to. Th- I want Arab money. <laughs> I want these Qataris to come boy. to my club and save us, like. Like I am literally I'm like a little fop who's going out to the bike. Oh please baby show me the Perkin, please. Human rights, human rights, what what's what's human rights? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll turn a blind eye, I can't lie to you. Uh obviously we got Dr. Lee. How you doing, ma'am <sighs> man, I mean, even though we won 6 0 yesterday, I'm still a bit downtrodden about the team. But when I woke up this morning and saw man like katari man tweeting about us, I've got to be excited. I can't like Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Pissed my pants
1: like a little, like a little girl this morning when I saw that. Uh, <laughs> Sean, how you doing, man? Looking good, man. Fucking hell, that high top is. Uh, yeah, looking, yeah, my looking, head's... Uh, looking uh, like I'm Nuno actually... Tavares, bro.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not as bad as him, but yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. Now just taking
1: my hair outside. So yeah, I'm good yeah. Uh, And we got German Dan as well. Yeah, what was, what country which... are we in today, German Dan?
2: I'm in the UK, mate. Don't oh,
1: well, how disappointing! <laughs> no Monaco GP today. Nope, no. season done. Sad times, man. Oh, season done. Yeah, season season seven formulae is done, so I'm not oh, travelling okay. around at the moment. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Um, as usual, guys, look out. Oh, we just to start with, um, we obviously had our live show on um on Sunday. Commiserations about the result, obviously a bit disappointing about that, but big up everyone who came through. Um, it was it was a great day, great evening. Um, lots of fun. Somehow we managed to. Even though we lost to Chelsea, somehow we managed to do one over the Chessie Hour boys. So I'm particularly proud of that. Um, You know, me, Shabs, Dan, we all held it down. Lee in the crowd as well. We held it down. We couldn't let them mugs get the best of us. So, um, you know, big up us. Big up us and big up everyone who came through. Um, If you missed this one, no problem. You know, we're going to have lots of live shows coming up um, where it'll be similar settings. You know, we'll show a game we'll do our post-match analysis and stuff like that. It's, it's all good fun. You know, there's drinks flying, you know, not quite pub atmosphere, but, you know, it's, a, it's a, a chance to, you know, have a go at some of the people that, you know, you disagree with, have some laughs, you know, just get involved, really, and and, and watch a game together as a community. It's, it, it is good fun. It is good fun. So next time something is available, obviously, um, make sure to buy your tickets, and I hope to see as many of you there as, as possible. Um, obviously, Patreon, we released the... Um, uh the chelsea post-match on monday so um if you want a bit more comprehensive analysis on the chelsea game uh, we will cover a bit of it today but um if you want uh, a bit more comprehensive analysis of it go to our patreon you can see the post-match um instant match reaction on on there as well so um if you uh aren't signed up to the patreon you can uh find a link in the bio on our twitter all the all these things and and you can sign up to the patron as well all right guys let's start with um let's start with last night let's start with last night and then we'll make our way into the sunday um so yesterday obviously we played quite a strong lineup um i, I didn't expect anything less really i think after you've had two defeats um haven't scored a goal um You know, word got round that you know West Brom were going to play a very youthful team. Um, I think it was just a chance for everyone just to get a bit of confidence. You know, fill their fill their boots essentially. Um, Shel, I'll start with you first. Um, Is there anything to take away from yesterday's performance uh, in terms of like individuals, the way we're playing, or was it just sort of like, come on, man, we're playing West Brom under twenty threes?
3: Yeah, not for me. I put on a, I put up a tweet saying Arteta's an Agbaya. That is obviously using, <laughs> you know, he's using big boys to flog year nines. Um, but no, um, generally, uh, obviously, he wanted to get to, uh, minutes into guys like Aubameyang, who hadn't obviously played really this season. Um, so you know, I think it was it was a good exercise for him, good for him to get his confidence back up. But you know, when you look at it. Um, as we said, West Brom played a a very youthful side. They changed the approach a lot as well. I mean, they played a very, very high line, Um, you know, and for the first 15 minutes, we struggled. We struggled to get out, but you always thought the moment we scored, um, they they would, sorry, apologies. There's a guy saw in a tree. Um, outside my <laughs> very close to my house so if you hear that that's, that's what that's what it is um, but yeah no so they, they had a very youthful approach um, they pressed very high but you always felt once we could bypass that initial wave of press we would get through them and and that proved to be the case once we got that first goal you know that their confidence wilted and it became very very easy to play through them um, you know I, I don't think we learned anything new particularly like I said it was just good to get minutes into Obe's legs Odegaard's legs Saka's legs um, so you know players were looking um, who are gonna be very important for the bulk of this season. I was, you know, not happy to see guys like El Nenny, Kalasinac playing, do you know what I mean? So we were hoping they'd be pushed closer to the exit door, but um alas it seems it's not they're not as close to leaving as you know we initially anticipated. So but overall, you know, like um good to get some minutes in the legs, good to win. Um <laughs> I don't think it really makes a difference for what we're due to expect against man city this weekend so um i'm just you know he's he's already on borrowed time but i think you know everyone's waiting till after the international break when party's there when when all the others are fully up and running as well and that's when it'll be judged heavily heavily
1: yeah um it was interesting obviously to see um people like Kalasnach playing who it, it seems like you know, going based off like Twitter rumors and stuff like that. It seemed like you know he, he he's about to sign for Fenerbahce. You know we've seen El Nenny heavily linked to Besiktas. You know, um, Jesus man, these are players starting for us and they're being linked to you know Turkish clubs. It's it's insane. Um, Dan is is it a concern in that maybe these guys started and you know may, maybe we're not as close to getting these guys out of the at the door as as maybe we we should be.
2: Mm, I'm not sure. You know. Um... I kinda I kinda I kinda don't want to believe any of the rumors um about them leaving. And not because I don't want them to leave, just because of last year and what happened with Kalasinaj, who was basically confirmed from a few journalists, Fabrizio Romano, for example, saying he's already gone. Here we go, eleven million, and he didn't go anywhere, you know. Um and I think Eloneni was pretty close as well to leaving. So it's like I'll just wait till the window's done and see what 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 business has been done because it's very difficult for me to ascertain if they're actually going to be leaving. And as you said, them playing is kind of an indication that maybe they're not leaving. Um, you know, Kolasinic didn't play as a left back last night, I played as a centre back. Um, we know we know, um, Arteta likes the left footed um, centre back on the left side. Um, there's some rumours that we might be looking at three at the back because it also suits Ben White really well. Um, I could very much imagine three at the back and Kolasinic being one of the left centre backs. So... Maybe they're not quite getting rid of him yet. Um, I'll wait to the end of the window. To be honest, I'm not sure. Mm,
0: mm,
1: mm, mm. Um. and uh And Doctor Lee, I think you're back. Anyway. Um. Yep. Yeah, cool. You are back. Um. Doctor Lee. Um. Just how important was it to um for Abamyang to to get some goals yesterday after obviously no goals in pre-season? You know he's been down in the dumps for the best part of it, a a year now. Um. You know I can't remember the last time we saw. Abamyang actually dunk on an opposition um, feels like maybe the FA Cup final um, I might I might be wrong about that but it does feel like quite a long time um, how important is it for Abamyang to get some goals albeit against like very youthful West Brom side
0: they all count, man. They all count. And I feel like it's really important for a striker to score goals anyway. Um, uh, he, more than anyone, is a is a confidence player. Um, and I feel like he's looked really down on confidence. Um, I mean, he looked really, like, on it when he came on against Chelsea. He looked really up for it, which is good. Um, and I think he continued in that same vein today, which which is good. And it shows, like, he's sort of not giving up and he's up for the fight, which I think is um, a really positive showing. But I think it's really important he got them goals. It's good for his confidence. Um, And, yeah, uh, I think it's good for the team as well that we just scored a few goals because Mm. we haven't looked like scoring in the last two games. So, um, yeah, even if it was against, yeah, uh, an under-23 League One team or whatever, or Championship team, um, Mm. they all count. Do you know what I mean? And, obviously, I need him stat pad because, obviously, when Lukaku's got, what, 20 goals at all comps next season. Um, I need uh, over to get like 23, 24. So for, for,
1: for, we're on we're on course for 30, 30 all comps, mate. We're on Say no <laughs> more. <laughs> Hopefully, we, we get uh, like a you know a, a really easy League Cup draw. No, and Obbuck and Stapp had about 10 in the
0: League Cup. That that we, was super we, nicely, we, we,
3: we we got AFC Wimbledon next
0: round. I want to see Patrick. over starting. I want to see <laughs> over starting. I want to see well, starting. Th- this is
1: the thing, though. I mean. Uh, we can laugh and joke about it, but the League Cup probably represents our best chance of winning a trophy this season. Maybe even our best chance of actually getting into Europe. We do, You do still get into Europe by winning the League Cup, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Fucking hell. How, fucking, how far have we fallen? I know we would start in June like, in the second qualifying round against fucking a team from San Marino, but F it.
3: But, but you know the problem with this City win this competition every year? That's You I mean, have to try true. and beat them in the finals, So
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, we've already beaten them in the semi-finals of the cup competition, so who knows? I doubt it. I doubt it very much. Um, I I just want to talk about some individual performances from the night, actually. um, uh, First of all, I want to start with uh, Aaron Ramsdale, who... um listen, it's no secret of the pods and it's probably no secret of the Arsenal community in general, actually. A lot of people are very much down on this signing, myself included. Um, But yesterday was a good debut for him, I thought. There was one hairy moment obviously where Chambers, after about five minutes, has really tried to ruin this guy's Arsenal career after five minutes. Can you imagine if we had conceded like that after five minutes? Callum Chambers is a fucking bastard. How? No, you can't do that to someone on their debut, man. Especially after all the, the the criticism he has got. Like, he must be, you know, really anxious about making his Arsenal debut. And you've sold him short like that with a back pass. Oh, God. Luckily, we escaped it. And I thought we had like a fairly solid game. He made some decent saves. Kicking looked good. You know, some nice passes. Uh, there was one to Erdegaard, I think it was, that he sprayed quite low across the floor. Um look look decent. Um obviously again we have to factor in opposition. But I think that's less of a problem for for goalkeepers because you know you're still you're still face, facing people who can, you know, you you're still saving shots just you know, you're still passing the ball around and stuff like that. But um yeah, just uh, general thoughts on on Ramsdale guys, uh will come to you.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean I I, I... You know, I think as some of our fans do—they go a bit overboard after one game. I don't think he had. Um, I thought I thought it was, was standard. Like I said, like you said, you know, Chambers tried to sell him short, which would have been unfair on him um, in the opening minutes. Uh, yeah, that pass to Odegaard was decent. Um, I think they did say it, he does kick very, very long. He's got a massive kick on him, um, and you know, he seemed to come and collect well when he needed to. Made a couple of, you know, as you'd expect, decent um, saves to make. So I'm not reading too much into him. I am. Still quite sceptical, but, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm sceptical based on what I've seen. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I, I woke up one day and decided to, you know, be down on the guy. Like, it's based on what I've seen at Sheffield United and Bournemouth. But at the same time, I'm open to being wrong. If I'm wrong, great. Like, do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we want him to be good. We want him to be good for Arsenal. So um, I'm not going to read too much into this, but, um, you know, 23, there's still time for him to be moulded. Um, so, so let's so let's see, um, but yeah, it was it was a decent enough showing from him yesterday.
1: Mm. Uh, German Dan, any 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 further thoughts on Ramsdale? I
2: think I think I can agree largely with what Sean said. Um, same same as you guys. Bit I was a bit down on the signing, um, but basically because for even less than what we paid for um, Ramsdale, we could have got Onana really. So um, and I think that's a player that's really 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 good with his feet. Um, but Rams had displayed some good kicking last night. I think his long, long kick is very, very accurate. And then um, I, was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised when he wanted two passes on the ground. Um, I wouldn't read too much into the performance last night, um, to be honest, because even with the ball, like his kicking looked good, um, but there was a lot of time on the ball, you know. Um, Bournemouth, and not Bournemouth, um, West Brom tried to um, press us a little bit in the first five minutes, which led to some of the mistakes holding and Chambers made in particular but apart from that they weren't really pressing they played a high line so it was it was a straightforward and easy game for us given our quality as well I mean some of the players we we're down on are still international players like someone like and is an international footballer you know um so yeah it was it was easy pickings in the end um and I think um I think he looked assured. That that was a good thing um because even though it was a is an easy game like someone like Almunia could have could have looked crazy last night, you know you, mm. you can still look crazy as a goalkeeper, so he looked assured, and that was a positive for me for sure. The rest mm. I wouldn't read too much into mm,
1: mm, mm uh dr Lee, what about yourself i don't think i think dr lee's uh He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. Okay, cool. Um, I'll, I'll come back to Dr. Lee about Ramsdale because I'm at, I actually am, um, interested to hear what no, he has. Yeah, to... no,
0: so, sorry, sorry, sorry. So no, Ramsdale, <laughs> so Ramsdale um, you know what? <laughs> he he wasn't tested that much. So if Ramsdale's not tested that much, we, we haven't seen anything yet because with a goalkeeper, it's the absence of that bozo fucking gene that, <laughs> that we're really looking for. Goalkeepers can do... 80 percent 90 percent of the stuff right but if you do 10 20 percent of the stuff wrong and make big errors that's that's where you really judge as a goalkeeper so don't get me wrong he looked decent he made some decent saves and um, he, he came off his line a few times and claimed the ball um so those are the things that you want to see but i need to see him when use him over a longer period and see the absence of mistakes that's the most important thing um I'm not really adept at judging goalkeepers, like someone like Lewis, for example. So I don't know how to judge his feet or his positioning or how quickly he moves his feet and all that type of stuff. But um, for me, yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a competent game, so I can't, I can't complain. Uh, would would um see? I'm in the camp where
1: I'm I'm sort of like, <clears throat> if we've spent the money on this guy, let's just play him. Um, if he's going to be the number one, let's just play him. Let's see what he's about. So mm. I'm kind of for him just chuck him in against Man City. I'm not happy with Leno at the moment. I think Leno is playing at a level that is detrimental to the team. Um, I'm not too sure if he's fully here mentally. Um, I thought he was okay against Chelsea, but I think that's like a big game, you know? Um, I would, if we've spent the money on Ramsdale, we spent, what, 30 million, whatever it is on him, I would just be like, cool, you're our number one. Let's let's move with you. Let's get you involved straight away and... um." Let's put our cards on the table, essentially. Um, how do you guys feel about, um, you know, potentially going with Ramsdale against City? Do you think it should still be Leno? Do you think Leno still deserves his place in the side? Or do you think we should, you know, switch another guard? Let's
0: let's let's go with Ramsdale. I, I would go with Leno because okay. he's going to get packed in either way. Um, yeah,
2: you've got to play his political.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's going to get packed in either way against City. And then I would actually switch them when the easy run comes and i will go Ramsdale for when the easy run starts.
3: Okay. I, I, I think obviously we've, you know, 30 million is a lot to spend on a goalkeeper. So obviously we bought him with the idea that he's going to be long-term number one in it. So um, so whether that's immediately or whether he, he's phased in over the course of the season. So, yeah, I probably agree with Leo. I'd go with Leno against City. And then, you know, you th- there's not really any better time to start introducing him, um, Ramsdale, and like as, as soon as after the international break. So, you know, once party's back, Wyatt is back. Uh, Gabriel is back, so once you have, like, I'm assuming, what's our first game after the international break? It's Norwich at home, right? So, like that, yeah. um, and I'm assuming, obviously, they said Party's back in uh, will be back in training by the end, But pretty much now. Gabriel's already back in training. White will have recovered from COVID, so all the so pretty much you're looking after the international break. We should have the fully first team fit available. So yeah, maybe that Norwich game is probably the best time to introduce him and start him, give him his first I, Premier
1: league start. I'll run after the city game is Norwich Burnley. AFC Wimbledon, Spurs, Brighton, Palace, Villa, Leicester, Watford. So, yeah. All winnable it's...
3: games, really. Yeah. All so, yeah that, yeah. that that would be obviously the period where Arteta is going to start being judged very, very heavily. So, and especially with all the bodies back, really and truthfully, he needs to go on like, uh, like a 10, 11, 12 game unbeaten run, really, mm. if he wants to, you know, avoid, keep his job, yeah. Um, um, yeah, keep his job and, you know, alleviate all of that sort of pressure. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. So someone else I wanted to talk about making their, um, well, can't call it an official debut, but it's like a a debut again was Martin Odegaard. His debut as a permanent sign. Obviously, we saw a lot of Odegaard last season. Some of us are really hot on him. Some of us, me, not so. Hot on him, but I thought yesterday he was fantastic. Um, I was just kind of looking at his Sofa Score rating, and we know we can't fucking judge with Sofa Score. It's just ridiculous, you know. Um, he he actually only got a rating of seven, but I thought he was really, really good yesterday. I think he may have been the best player on the pitch. Um, very classy. Some really nice touches around the corner. The subtleties that I think we really missed against Brentford. You know, someone just to do something a little bit clever. You know, something a little bit intricate take a nice touch here, bring that person into play. Um, And yeah, I I really enjoyed his performance yesterday, but I don't expect anything less in these kind of games. When we have the ball, that's never been my uh, criticism of Erdegaard is um, when we have the ball and we dominate possession, I think he's going to be probably quite good. I'm just concerned about the games maybe um, where we don't have the ball and he, he can be a little bit passive, maybe hanging on the periphery of the game. And that's why I prefer someone like ESR. But that's not to say that we can't have both players in the team. And I expect that we will have both players in the team. And I'm quite, you know, I, I quite I quite like the look of, you know, like an Erdegaard, ESR, Saka, Bamiyang front line. I think that's got some potential in it. I think it's got enough creativity. I think it's got enough goals in it. Um, but yeah, um, g- general thoughts on Erdegaard's performance, lads. What did you, what did you think? Um,
2: I'll be really honest I wasn't that impressed with him last night really okay yeah no I wasn't that impressed with him last night and you know I'm pretty hot on Udegaard yeah um, I think for him last night was a standard game I don't think he got really out of his gear to to try many things that he could potentially do um but as he said he has yeah just the way he plays football um some of the subtleties that he adds some of the quality that he adds and um, the composure that he adds um does help us a lot so that that helped us um, transition the text better, facilitates attacks better, retain possession better, etc., uh, etc. Et but generally, I, d- I didn't think it was a very very strong performance. I thought it was a standard performance. To be honest, um, I think I liked his pass to Saka on on the break first time. There was a pass. Um, obviously, the back heel was was quality. Mm. Um, there was a couple of times, and I thought maybe he's just trying to play a bit easy today. And um, there were a few runs where I thought you can you can love the pass here and um, you can try a bit something a bit more difficult um I like the position that he was taken up but um the midfield was very very slow at finding them in in the final third which then um resulted in, the, in him dropping deeper then playing a couple, few combinations to get the ball up the pitch so that was good sort of um sort of um um in the initiation from his side um but the midfield needs to get the ball into him quicker I think and um I always reference the West Ham game where he was basically stationed in around the final third, uh, and Partey was finding him at will. And he was an, he's an absolute demon in the half space. I think that's one of his greatest qualities. His ball reception is just so good. Mm. Um, under pressure, the ball can be um fizzed into him, his touch is quality. Um, one thing I did like about it last night, um, and I'm, I'm not down on guy at all, I just thought it was a stand-up performance for him, you know. And um, one thing that I did like about it last night was um, I think some of the initial concerns about him were he's too focused on the right half space. Last night he was playing quite a lot on the left half space as well, mm. and he was able to create and he was able to link up with Saka on that side. And I think some of the some of the some of the talk was him and Saka on the same side on the right side didn't work that well. Saka didn't score. Um, is this a result of Udegaard playing there? I don't think it was, to be honest. And I always maintained that. And last night they played on the left side together and they've combined pretty well and did well, you know. And Udegaard also managed to find Pepe on a few occasions. So I think he can create on both sides. Um, And he definitely gives us, gives us the added quality that we require and creativity that we require. And I'm excited to see ESR, Saka, Udegaard all being back together and actually playing with Partey and Lokonga at mm. some point. That's what I'm really excited about.
1: Mm. Yeah. Got get the semblance of a decent, um, a decent side there. Um, Sean, uh, what was your thoughts on on Erdegard? Any any uh, you know, you're, you're quite you're quite hot on Odegaard. I know I know he's one of your boys. So, um, is this is this something that you know we're gonna be looking to come for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, got
3: I said I wanted Madison over my man, but but I do, I do I do like him. I do like him. I I was the one saying that. I need to see output from him um, this season, basically. But yeah. Oh, wait, are I, I, you in
1: my camp as well? Yeah. Yeah, us, I get confused. Us, us, I get confused yeah. with who's it, in it, whose camp. Me, Leroy and Leo in the other camp. Okay. So it's, okay. It's, it's me,
3: you okay. and Niger and Dan that are in the camp of, he needs to
1: produce. Yeah, uh, he needs to put up. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah, But, but it's, uh, it's German Dan and all them men who say it's all right. He could get zero <laughs> goals, zero assists. and that's fine. That's fine. As long as he, as long
3: as he's drippy, it's all right. <laughs> all right cool. uh, no, no, no. But, but, but. In, in all seriousness, um, I, I don't know, actually. I, I like the play as, as a, as a thing. I think you know him and you know when we talk about comparing him with ESR, I think they dovetail well because they both do stuff that the other doesn't. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, ESR is someone who likes to drift wide. Odegaard isn't really someone who drifts wide. He likes to stay, you know, more central within the half spaces and, you know, like to thread through balls in behind. And he's more of a final ball, final action sort of guy, whereas ESR is a bit more bombastic dynamic in terms of he drifts to the wings to combine, creates overloads and runs in behind. So they both create through different means, which is why I think they can both, you know, coexist within the same setup. And I think, you know, if you think back to there was a game, um, it was in like Feb was the game where we beat Leeds 4 2 and we saw a lot of good combinations that day, you know, with ESR, Odegaard and Saka. They all linked up really, really well. Um so I do feel like that is the actual blueprint we're gonna try. Um you know half space but also looking to you know ESR and Saka will also move in behind at times to stretch and help pop as well. So I feel like there is there is as Dan says there's the makings of a of a good setup there. I don't think we got to see it enough as much as we would have liked. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there's goal scoring potential um with certain individuals as well so yeah it, it just needs to be developed um yeah and i just need to see more from odegaard but um yesterday i think was just more about getting him minutes in his legs because he's another one that hasn't played that much as well um so yeah
1: yeah 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 um uh, Do- dr lee's had to go um you know I, I did mention the odegaard zero goal zero assist thing and he, he didn't want to you know face the point so Unlucky, you know, it gets like that sometimes. You are nasty, man. Yeah, I'm very nasty, very nasty, <laughs> very nasty. Um, I, I just wanted to ask a question, though, about, um, you know, just talking about this whole ESR, Odegaard kind of thing. Um, we've seen ESR start the season quite well uh, from the central position. Um, he's pro- He's been our best player, I think, by a country mile, um, I think it's fair to say. Does bringing Odegaard in now kind of like is that gonna have any impact on ESR's performance as well? Like shit shunting him out wide. Is that is this is this a bad idea? Should we be focusing on ESR as our as our central 10?
2: I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um we've seen these guys play well together, like mm. really well together. Um I mean, we've got about a handful of games that we can look back last year and say we we've, we've might have played good for 30 minutes. Mm. Um, and it was 30 10. minutes FC yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was every time those two were together on the pitch with Saka. so I think that's our best best um sort of combination of players um uh, in the offensive third alongside on Young so I think I think ESR honestly I, I see a lot of in um, in ESR I see a lot of um like a dynamic sort of forward that can create but also can score as I actually think that ESR scoring potential, might be higher than his assist potential. Mm. I think he could be that. A, a, I think he could develop into that kind of player. And that's just, I think he shoots well off both feet. He hasn't even had that many shots yet in the in the in the, in the Arsenal first team, where he scored a couple goals. Granted, he's getting assists, but um, I do really think he can be he can be a, a proper scorer, like you know, like scoring an assistant. And, assisting. and um, yeah, not not to say Grealish, but like you know that type of player who gets both but it's like very potent on both. Whereas I think Odega is not potent on the goals. I think he's potent on providing, creating and um, Saka again, I think is potent on both. So I like the mix. I don't think they're getting each other's way too much. They combine really well. Um, yeah. And that's Shion said, they complement each other in some ways. Like some stuff that ESR doesn't do, Uruguay does. Some stuff that Uruguay doesn't do, ESR does and Saka. Mm. So mm. I think it's good. They just need to grow together and, yeah, I mean, we what we can hope for is for ESR and Saka to really explode the season. Um, I mean, Saka has shown a lot of not glimpses, like a lot of periods last season where it was like, "Yo," when he posted that pick, it's, it's like you fans deserve better. That's when he really went into into sickle mode, you know. But mm. he he he's shown that he can reach high levels and, and maintain them as well. If we can get Udegaard and ESL to those levels and maintain as well. If them they're all three playing at similar levels, we should be okay. And a lot of fans said Obama is done. I know it was just West Brom. I do not think this guy is done at all.
3: I don't
1: think he's done mm. at okay. all. Brave shout, Dan. Brave shout, brave yeah,
3: shout. No, I, I was yeah, I was gonna add to that. I know like we haven't seen them do it yet. But when I see ESR and Saka, I see numbers in both of them. I re- I actually really, really do. like Think about Saka, how often we said, like, last season his finishing was poor, how many promising goal-scoring positions he got himself into. He scored six, but he could have easily already been in double figures. Um, and it was promising yesterday, like you saw, you know, that third-man run. He carried the ball, did a one-two with Odegaard, followed it up, um, took it in on off his weaker right foot. So that is promising for me. And, um, you know, as, as Dan mentioned, with ESR as well, like, there's no reason for him not to score. He actually has really good shooting technique off either foot. Um, he's gone close to a couple of times already this season. So I feel like it's just one of those, once he gets one or two, um, the confidence will start flowing for them. So yeah, for, for me, I feel like the bones of the team is starting to 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 be made. And I feel like, you know, that iteration of ESR, Odegaard and Saka is exactly what Auburn needs. Um, you know, if we're trying to recreate, especially, I think Dan will probably speak about it more, but you know how... Oba thrived at Dortmund with like Royce, Mickey, Dembele behind him, those sort of high touch creative players who, you know, allowed Oba to focus in on, you know, his movement in and around the final third. So I feel like we're, we're, are is the bones of, you know, the side I think Arteta's trying to create. And hopefully, you know, we start to see more from it in the coming weeks. Mm, mm,
1: mm, mm, mm. No, no, 100%. 100%. Um, just before we move on to, um, The the Chelsea game. Um, uh, just another performance I wanted to speak about was, you know, um we were discussing in the group chat today. Um, is Tavares good or is he shit? I can't work it out, and I think we're kind of like not divided per se. I don't think anyone thinks he's like amazing or anything like that. But we know, you know, we've had some opinions that said no, he's 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 really awful. I think Dr Lee, uh, Dr Lee's gone. Um, I would have liked him to, you know, just expand on it a little bit more, but um. He he he's not a big fan, uh, putting it mildly. Um, me, I can't quite work it out because I see him do some really good things, and I also see him do some really awful things. Um, so yeah, interesting to hear what you guys think. Um, Tavares, is he good or is he is he bad?
2: It's a funny one. It's a funny one. Um, so I think he has strengths, but he also has a lot of weaknesses currently. So my current assessment of him would be this guy's a bit crap um but he has some very unteachable things that are good about him so he has the pace the power um long legs tall um he's he's probably even gonna he's gonna even get better physically potentially so and I really see why they they did the signing um because um when I used to work um in football analytics um one thing especially we were looking at was fullbacks and the profile fullbacks and um he's exactly the type of modern sort of fullback that a lot of clubs are looking for um not because he's super technical and he's uh, at the top of his game or anything like that it's because he has the he has the he has the physical part he has the ability to do a lot of high quality sprints like you saw him yesterday he did a lot of sprints up and down and he can cover a lot of ground and um, and the um a lot of clubs are looking for this transitional ability like up and down, up and down, um, doing it numerous times, affecting the game offensively, but also getting back in um, defensively. So he has that profile, but he really lacks the technical quality um, in terms of his passing and receive as well. So I think his coordination at the moment needs a lot of work, but um, he has a good cross. So he's a really odd player in that regard. Like technically, he's actually not that good, um, but then he has a very strong whip and cross, um, I thought yesterday he was really poor in particular in possession um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: West Brom as I said didn't push us too, didn't press and push us too much um, he did take risks but he was failing and executing very easy passes a lot of times he um, had a lot he had a lot of turnovers who were un, unforced you know if you turn over the ball fine um, if it's forced that can happen um, you know but if it's unforced that's always not the best sort of sign especially in a game that was of Low quality, really low pressure, low, 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 low intensity as well. So I think that is definitely something he needs to work on. I see some positives. Um, I think right now he's a bit crap, but I think this is a player that can definitely develop. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, discounting the development of players. You know, we've seen it on a few occasions that a player looked pretty crap, and then next year they were pretty good. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think at the moment he's pretty crab. He defensively reminded me a bit of um, Aaron wan but but um, mm. not as not as eager to tackle. Um, but he has the long legs and he's, like, reaching round with his legs, like, you know. Um, so I think he has potential. I think he has potential. But right now I've seen a few fans go a bit overboard, in my opinion, like, just relax. This guy, if he plays against really good a position, I think he will have a stroke. He'll have a, he'll have a, he'll have a yeah, yeah you have a difficult day um
1: mm. so
2: let, let let us guys have let, pick up some minutes here and there but um right now i don't know what do you think sean
1: yeah sean what what side of the fence do you do you sit on
3: yeah i i just yeah i, I sort of agree i just find him a bit erratic i think there are there's
1: some good stuff he does that um, man is going yeah. in with that sore boy yeah i know so so sorry
3: um he has really really good <laughs> um <laughs> he has he has really good athletic attributes um which I think always lends itself to doing well in this league. But I just think he's essentially just very, very raw. Um, like Dan said, he was just doing a lot of unforced stuff, like slipping over uh, just various points, um, <laughs> turning over the ball un- unnecessarily. Um, so he's well back at
1: Left-back, isn't it? Yeah, like...
3: he's, just, he's just really raw. Like He needs mm. a lot, a lot of work. But but it doesn't look totally uncoachable. So, but yeah, um, in an ideal world, he's the sort of guy where... Um he wouldn't be playing in the Prem, but like you'd have like the Europa and Cup games that he'd mm. be playing regularly to develop, and, and that's the sort of thing he needs. But I just don't know obviously how much game time he's gonna get. I mean, maybe he might because we know what Tierney's like. Um, so you know, um, but yeah, he just 50 looks
1: 50 games a season then. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so so yeah, he, he he could get a lot of games. Um yeah, but, yeah I well, mean at, look well, at the moment he, he's not
1: at the level we need him to be, put it that way.
2: Do you know who he yeah. reminds me of? Mm. Your man played Tekken
1: before. Um, Eddie Gordo, yeah, a long time. Ago. Who?
2: Eddie Gordo, like the guy that does like, like yeah, the, with the long limbs. <laughs> Capoeira <Yeah>. does. <laughs> like you just reminds me of him, man. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, okay, I know you're talking about. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Really what, what, what yeah. Fair do? enough. He's only um he's only he's only 21, isn't he? Um, you know, which you know it, it's not it's not. He's not—he's not 18 or anything like that, but there's still time for him to be a bit more polished. Um, I think it's just a—I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna nail my flag to the mask on any opinion with um, uh, this. I'm unconvinced, um, and if uh, if he is gonna be- play all our games this season, then yeah, I don't think he is it. But I guess we'll see. All right, cool. Let's let's move on to. Um, Let's move on to the the Chelsea game on the weekend. Obviously, you guys did the the post-match pod I wasn't able to come on, but I did um some stuff at the live show talking about the game. Obviously just a deeply frustrating and disappointing day. Um I don't think any of us expected you know to come away with anything other than a, a defeat, but you know, were you were you guys expecting a, a better performance than we put up? Is that is that the most disappointing thing? Is it is it the fact that, you know, maybe we weren't as competitive as as we would have um liked to have been?
3: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't wanna to re-litigate too much. Obviously we've passed that game's like four or five days old now. But yeah, yeah, I think mostly for me, like it was just that we should have just done more. Do you know what I mean? Like we made the gap seem as if like they're I mean, obviously they are a European championship, but we made it seem like a we're a relegation battle team. That's what it looked like especially in that first half. And I just thought that was really, really disappointing. I don't think we, 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 you know, we tried to press, but the press wasn't coordinated enough. We left too many holes in between the lines. Obviously, I know Chelsea set, um direct in different directions, but, you know, there was a straight entry pass into Lukaku, which I thought was just abhorrent, do you know what I mean? Because of where Xhaka normally positions himself on the pitch, because of where Tini is in build-up, that means the left, to, you know, and it's the same with Party. That centre mid-partner for Xhaka is often left on an island in the middle of the pitch. So he's got copious amounts of ground to cover, which means, you know, and um, Chelsea play with a strict pivot of Jorginho and one of Kante or Kovacic. um, And there was just straight in balls into um, Lukaku because, you know, at times we were trying to press, but, you know, we were better off. either sitting in, um, you know, more of a compact shape. Um, or, I mean, even if that's, you know, Arteta's maybe trying to change a new strategy this season and be more aggressive, be more pressing, we just need to lean into it and choose players who are actually built for that, you know, not guys like Marion Holden who can't defend space, who aren't good in duels, who aren't good athletically. So it's just, you know, he's trying to do one thing, but, you know, some of the personnel he's choosing a, is a real contradiction to that sort of style that he's supposedly trying to implement. So it's just quite frustrating generally as a whole. Um, so, you know, yeah, ho- hopefully we get to see Gabriel and White soon. Um, but you know even someone like Chambers who I don't even mind but Chambers isn't a right back that's built to you know be aggressive and press like as much as frustrating as he is the one that's built for it is mostly Ainsley Maitland-Niles we mm. he's the one who's we've seen you know we've evidently seen he's padlocked we we saw him in the cup semi-final he padlocked um, Mares. long list he's, yeah padlocks Zaha before so we've man, seen him we've seen man, him he's very good in 1v1 situations Do you know what I mean? Obviously, he's a very frustrating player because he's very lele and sometimes technically he's he's too lax and he allows himself... Because he can do a lot of stuff, sometimes he, he complacency always overtakes with him. And I just think he doesn't take his football seriously enough, which is a real shame because I felt like right back was the real place for him to try and make it his own. But unfortunately, I, I, I don't really know what's going to happen with Bainsey now. But but yeah, just generally, um, there are still a lot of holes in this team that need to be plugged Um um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Arteta's had over 200 mil to spend now. Um, we, he's going to lose this weekend against City. But after the international break, um, the knives are going to be out if there's not successive wins on the bounce. You know, Norwich, Brighton, Burnley, Spurs. We have to beat all of those teams. There's, there's mm-hmm. literally no excuse. No one's going to be trying to hear any excuses. So, um, yeah, for me, it was a disappointing day on the whole. Um, some of the tactics and definitely be called into question. Obviously, it's um, caveated partly by the fact that, you know, we were missing a lot of personnel too. But, you know, I feel like we could have just done better. And, you know, there are teams that are worse than Arsenal that will give Chelsea a closer game than we did on Sunday. And I think that's a bad indictment on us.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I think come before the game, obviously, because I knew that, you know, I didn't, I, I don't think Ben White got pronounced out until before just before kickoff, right or was that or was it the day before i can't day actually before, remember what yeah. happened but the day before it was the day, it was so the day
3: before like he said he was going to miss but i think there were a lot of rumours going already around that he had covid
1: right yeah and so I, I looked at the team and i thought you know for me it was already a write off i couldn't see us get, getting anything whatsoever and you know i was kind of like i i i'm still of the opinion that no matter what personnel we put out there, you know, I think we probably lose that game. Um, I think we probably do better with, you know, I think Gabriel deals with Lukaku a lot better than Pablo Mari. Like we, nobody ever wants to see that ever again. You know, I don't want to see Pablo Mari in an Arsenal shirt ever again. Um, I'm yeah. I, I'm. Uh, you, you can't get ragdolled like that in the Premier League. And, and I, I'm just, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you might have done some good things before, but that's me done with you, mate. (laughs) You can't. This is the Premier League, man. This is the Premier League. Sorry, not good enough. I don't even know if you're a a Premier League level um, centre-back. Before, I was kind of like, yeah, he's okay as a backup. After watching what Lukaku did to him and and how he started this season, yeah, not for me, mate. Um, I think we're going to be looking for another centre-back soon, come, I reckon. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Dan. Just in terms of the players that we were missing, how much impact does does the omissions have on what Arteta is trying to do with this team, and how ha- how much impact would it have had on on the game against Chelsea on on Sunday?
2: I mean, we've definitely missed like five, six, maybe even seven first teamers. So. Yeah, so
1: no, 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 um, no Gabriel, no Ben White no uh yeah played no about no Lacazette no Partey. no other so that's seven I think I've named yes,
2: I think, yeah so that's 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 a lot that's a lot of players that could have all they could have all started you know so I mean the top the side you put, put out could have been completely different the problem for me in that in that game was um I, t- I didn't put the or didn't create a platform for the players to perform to the best of their abilities so or create a platform for the players to actually compete our shape was wrong um we were getting exposed, our pressing was uncoordinated and we were getting exposed and he didn't he didn't he didn't um counter those things um even in the first half he could have changed things and make you know make make, make it a more even contest in my opinion technically and he didn't um ultimately two 0 was a flattering scoreline, um all things considered um I don't think chelsea had had a real showed showed real killer instinct. We play like this against City it's 5 6. Easy mm. 5 6. There was so many, there was so much space, so easy to get into um our final third and even behind our back line. That, um, we do we play like this against City, we'll definitely get exposed. Um, so I'm guessing he probably will revert, um, and um, change things and make it more tighter. Um, I think with the players that were out to answer your question it could have been a different game for sure i'm not quite as down on the saying i don't i still think we would we would have lost i don't i don't believe in that um i think at home um with the better players being there and the shape being better um even if we don't match their three four three i think with the better players we we probably have just that bit more ability to to make things happen um but with the with with the second string essentially you need to match their shape at, at the very minimum so I think that was naive for Mattel. Um, against City, I don't think we have much hope, even with those players being back. Um, at home against Chelsea, I think out of fancy, that's for a draw or maybe even a lucky win, to be honest. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. OK, let's move on to... Let's let's talk about the the, the upcoming game against City. Obviously, a midday kickoff. off um, I seem to remember us having a midday kickoff against City once before and getting absolutely battered. Um, am I right in thinking that?
3: Yeah, we lost like six. Seven, I can't remember. Yeah,
1: six, six three, six eight, six, six. Yeah, six, I, seven, seven. I think there was. Yeah, I think there was a a really bad one that we had a midday kickoff, which is you know in under Arteta though the games have been a lot closer. I think it's been like um well, I say closer. I mean it's been very one sided. Um, but they've been closer in terms of the uh score line, right? I think it's been mainly one nils, hasn't it? If um. Think a couple 1-0s. Uh, let me get the headsets heads up.
3: Yeah, they beat one
1: us 1-0 at the Etihad last season. And yeah. they beat us 2-0 at the Emirates. No, they beat us 1-0 at the Emirates. Oh, they beat us 4-1 in the League Cup, obviously. Um, yeah, and obviously we beat them 2-0 in the FA Cup. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, and then obviously there was that 3-0 um, where uh, Pablo Mari got... Got injured and <laughs> oh what happened yeah. Just knocking things over. Yeah, so yeah, I mean we don't have the greatest record against, against Man City and we've been on the end of a, a few drummings Um are there are there any players to come back in? So obviously we've got Oba back, we've got Lacazette back. Do we expect those two both to start against City? I'm not sure to be honest. I'm not sure. I think, I, I think just one. I think just one.
3: I think I think likely oba Yes. Um, and he was the one that was taken off. So you'd imagine he was taken off, you know, with, with a mind too. So I can see us going with Oba up top and then ESR, Odegaard and Saka in behind him. ESR was rested completely. Um, and as was Lakonga actually. So I think, yeah, I think it'll be la Lakonga, I think it'll be Saka on the right, ESR on the left and Odegaard just behind Oba. Um, and it'll be... Unless White has recovered from COVID, which I don't think he has, I think it will be marion and Holding again, um, which is Mary, Holding and Chambers. Which that is, Lord have mercy. So, grealish is going to destroy Chambers down that left hand side. Mara's on the other side of Sterling.
2: Yeah, yeah. In the for playing this game against I,
3: I, I really think Aisley should play right back. I really,
1: really do. Yeah, it can't be Cedric. I, then. I, it right. can't be. It, it can't be
3: either Cedric or Chambers. And bearing in mind, bellerin is. is non-existent now so yeah it has to for me it would 100% be Anthony
2: you know what I think yeah I, and you guys know I hate Mari I hate holding I think they're both crap I think against City it'll be a bit easier because they don't have to deal with the news like a new the physical football. presence yeah like Lukaku was he's bullying these boys whereas City don't have that element they'll hurt us differently they'll still hurt us but they won't have someone ragdolling them all over the pitch, I think. So um, they'll have it a bit easier. Um, but, yeah, the quick movement is still going to do them anyway. But,
1: yeah. Is this a game that we bring Odegaard straight into? Um, so y- y- you said uh, Sambi, Zaka, Odegaard, ISR, Saka, Aubameyang. Is that is that the, 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 uh, the forward line that we should play?
2: I can't lie. I'd be surprised given the minutes Pepe has played already. Yeah. Ahead, in terms of match fitness and ahead of Odegaard ahead of Saka you mean. I'd be surprised if he doesn't start
3: but you see but I actually think that might be why he doesn't start as well Like I felt like Arteta took off Odegaard after 60 minutes with the mind that he's probably going to start him at the weekend um, he just wanted to get some minutes in his legs ESR wasn't played at all so he's rested completely so you'd imagine he'd start and Saka complete so I think the only one okay so I think ESR will start I think Odegaard will start um, the question is, is it between Saka or, or Pepe? Or Pe- Pepe? Mm-hmm. I think you know, Saka was he got the full 90, and I think he, he needed the full 90, you know, because he, he's looked rusty, um, he hasn't looked fully fit, so I think he needed that. Uh, um, Pepe's pretty much played 90 minutes in every game, so uh, so far. So it's a case of, uh, do you still go with that, or do you think Saka's now ready to, to start and play 90? So that would who, be
1: the who, one who, who would you, who, who do you guys think is the best fit because I think. We I've seen Pepe in big games and I think he struggles to have an impact on on big games and and in in matches where we're going to struggle to get him into the penalty box, I would be reluctant to to play him because he's going to have to do a lot of work on a halfway line, you know, a lot of work with a defender right up his ass, and I don't think that's where he's best. I think Saka is a much better link player, is a much better combination player, and I think um, for counter attack situations where you know we're going to have to break forward with maybe two or three guys and, um, you know, put some combination moves together. I think he's probably uh, better suited for that. And he's less of a turnover merchant as well. So me personally, I think Saka should be the one to start against City. And and, and, I
3: think you're right. And I think that's exactly what will happen. I mean, we're going to be under the cosh, not because we want to, but because obviously City are going to pam us into just defending very deep. So the few moments we do have to get out, the moves need to be good. Um, you know, and we already have Aubameyang who's obviously not going to hold it up, who's just going to want to run in behind. So we can't afford another guy who's not going to, you know, keep the ball whilst we're trying to progress out. So we need as many pressure-resistant players who can get us out. Um, so, yeah, I think for that very reason, Saka will carry the ball up the pitch a lot better. Basically, essentially, Pepe's only someone that I really want to see in the final third of the pitch. I don't want to really see him in the defensive third. So, um, so yeah, that is, it's an easy one for me.
1: Saka starts. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, so I think I think um we're pre- we're pretty conclusive on the on the lineup that um we think it should be. I mean I i guess there's maybe a small argument Lacazette should maybe start over Oba in terms of if we take um you know if if yes they hadn't happened, um, you know, if yes they hadn't happened and Oba didn't fill his boots, uh, let's not forget Lacazette also scored a really nice goal yesterday as well. Um I think there may have been an argument to start Lacazette. Uh, simply because I feel like Lacazette is the more, prior to yesterday, was the more informed striker, if that makes sense. Um, I think he was the one that, you know, looked better, looked more in confidence. Um, and I think maybe a bit more suited to, you know, what we actually need someone to actually make the ball stick. Um, I'm not too sure Bamiyang is going to do that. Um, but he's going to offer more of a goal threat on the shoulder. Yeah.
3: And I was just about to say, you, you see, for me on this one, this isn't really a game for I don't really care about bringing anybody into play. Like, I feel like we should just be trying to go from back to front as quickly as possible. Um, and I think that's basically what, what we need of before. Like, cool. Like, Lacazette can help that you can drop deep. But I don't really, we don't need you to drop. Oh, Other guards there now. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I need someone breaking in behind. I need someone offering that threat immediately in behind. So I, the, I just a bit. push. It's yeah, not like, even a case. Them back. even if like yeah they just need to know that once they're playing that high line there's always someone that's going to be looking to penetrate yeah. in that high line, and we've got and someone think, to
1: penetrate as well
3: and, and i remember that i remember a game last season at the at the etihad where they were playing leicester and that's all Vardy did that's mm. literally all he did Vardy just sat and just waited and you know leicester weren't trying to build they pretty much they were like listen we're not going to try and compete with you for possession you're better than us we're going to see possession to you but we are going to be patient and wait and pick our moments carefully. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that's 100% what we need to do. Just try and, and you know, Odegaard is there for that final action, for that through ball as well. So I wouldn't be trying. So I don't I don't see why we need, like, Lacazette to be trying to do a job that Odegaard can not be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, it's just a case of, yep, sit deep, try and be co- as compact as possible. But the moments we get to break through ESR and Saka and Aubameyang, we need to take them. So and mm-hmm. we need to be, and we need that threat, do you know what I mean? Because for all of supposedly Lacazette dropping deep, he's called Lacazette for a reason because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that threat. He's not going to be in the box when we need him to be in the box. So yeah, Aubameyang
1: for me. I, yeah, I would yeah. have caveated it by saying um, if Lacazette were to play, I think maybe Pepe should play instead of Saka. So he maybe operates as more of the the the, the in-behind threat. But yeah, I take your point. I think um I think that's a good strategy to have. You know, we go back to front as quick as possible and there's no one better in our team at getting in behind than, um, than our boss. Sorry, Dan, what were you going to say?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it's very important in that game where evidently City will have more possession than us and they will be high up, they will be near the halfway line with their centre-backs to so have that threat behind, to push their centre-backs further back and when we do get the ball through ESL and Saka, like have some space because if we don't have that threat behind, so what Lacazette does, yeah, he will drop deep but he will he will put more pressure onto our midfield and make it more congested and you know, City have a better pressing um, sort of um, 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 ultimatism um, um, structure than us. So when 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 the ball's losing that middle, when like I said, it, unless it's a very good first down pass, left foot and right foot into the channels, he'll have to touch it. Maybe take another touch and pass. By then, he'll probably already getting he's already getting pressed by Diaz. The ball will likely end up in the centre field, and then it'll be Jacques and La Conga against City's front man and their midfield. And then, uh, so I think we will just set ourselves up for getting pressing traps. If we play that way, we need to stretch the pitch and um, and, and create that more space. So then the, the likes of Udegaard and Xhaka as well um, will have more time and space to then carry out their final pass. And we need a lot of long passes from Xhaka and Lokonga does it as well. Yeah. We need a lot of long passes from them. So Aubameyang, given that threat and behind, will push back Diaz and Laporte um that way, when the ball breaks down, ear sounds like I have more space to dribble, mm. and as a result of that, when the ball breaks to Udegaard or Xhaka, they also have more time and space to then mm. pick a pass and into runners. so I think that I think it's very important that he plays and he plays through the middle, not on mm. the left.
1: I think we can take a lot from um, if you if you look at the Tottenham blueprint that they did against uh, Man City, we can take a lot from it, right? So they had um, no matter what people say about someone like Jaffet Tanganga, I don't think he's a particularly great footballer. But we spoke about that one v one threat with Ainsley Maitland-Niles, right? Someone who is going to lock down that right hand side, yeah. He's gonna um, he's gonna he's gonna give them a, an individual battle. Um, I think that's very important. And then also when they transition, they've got players who are decisive. They've got people who are direct. And they've got people who can play a killer pass as well. And they really hurt Man City several times on the break. It's not like, I don't think we should pretend like Man City are some invincible team. And obviously confidence is low for us right now. We're not a great team at all. But if someone like Spurs, you know, without Harry Kane, without some of their key players... Were able to cause Man City problems, and um, you know probably should have had a couple more in the end actually. And they they really kept City at bay. I don't think City had too many big chances. The only thing I would say about Spurs is they their defensive organisation. And I think who did they play at the back? That uh, Davison Sanchez, very powerful, um, had a really good game. And who played next to Sanchez in that game? Was it Dia? Can't remember yeah, who played. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not like it's not like they're fantastic they're centre backs. Yeah. No, um, so I think if you can be organised against Man City, but also represent a threat offensively, they're there to be beaten, um, or they're, they're there to be uh, they're there to be attacked anyway. And I think one of my main concerns that Arteta has that against Man City is that in the one nil games, particularly. Um, I feel like we've been in the game, you know, like we've we've kind of like stifled them a bit, but we didn't offer enough going forward. We didn't we didn't put our foot down. We didn't, um, you know, really chase it. And obviously that is I mean, that's a running theme through Arteta's managerial reign, isn't it? Is that we just do not know how to chase leads. We don't know how to we don't know how to chase a game. So, I mean, I don't expect that to um change here but there's an opportunity here man i I don't think man city are are fully firing at the moment and now out of all time is the best player is the best time to play man city i think if you're gonna play them get them done early doors and
3: and and, and you know you you, you made a good point there one of the things that sometimes annoys me about arteta is that he's always just trying to be too smart or too complex with certain situations Mm. i've often seen last season i saw so many teams with much less resources than arsenal hurt city a lot more than weather would just because I feel like and this is what I said, you know, in terms of our game plan on Saturday, I just think it should be simple. Do you know what I mm. mean? Just try and strip it back down a bit. Um not try and have so many different guys in different zones or or trying to fall into different pressing traps. We don't have that level of talent that we do. So you can accept that, but you can look to there's always space in behind City. There's always space to attack certain zones. Um in behind the full back and the center back do you know what i mean so i think that's really what we should be trying to target on on saturday rather than you know but knowing arteta he's probably going to try and conjure up something supposedly quite intelligent and it's just going to backfire
1: yeah yeah uh agreed um just before we wrap things up i just do want to talk about you know the final days of the window um do we envisage any further incomings i know we've been linked to you know a few moves here and there but i mean that's to be expected right there it wouldn't be an arsenal deadline day without us being linked to someone um i'm not going to ask you guys you know who do you think we should sign because i think it's pretty evident that we need quality in multiple positions but i think if we're being realistic um it's likely it's more likely we will sign nobody than than that we will sign you know two or three players or even one player in in my mind anyway um i think there's a lot of work to do in the departures element before we actually uh bring anyone in but yeah i just want to know whether you guys think it's likely whether we will sign someone you know there's uh, a few interesting targets a while on loan i would i definitely wouldn't be saying no to that i think that'd be a a great um a, a great option to have especially if willian if we do end up getting William out of the club, which you know would be you know fucking brilliant, uh, that's a victory in itself. That's three points by itself in it, which they should give us three points in the in the league just for that, by the way. But um, yeah, uh, just just keen to know whether you guys think we will actually uh, bring anyone in over the next over the coming days.
3: I I, I don't see it to be fair i think if if we are to do it it's yeah like you said it's contingent on departures i think we're more likely to see a lot of departures maybe a couple perms but mostly loans by the end of the window um if we are to do one i think it would be right back but it's probably mm-hmm. contingent on um
1: like getting rid two, of three
3: of them yeah, took, yeah <laughs> essentially so or, or or at least definitely two like two definitely have to two. go two yeah. have to go for us this but time, who's so.
1: gonna go who's gonna go bellerin maybe, but
3: I mean there's been no offer for him Do you know what I mean so um, and he's been desperate to go so um Ainsley I thought they would have been sank but there's nothing um Cedric is the only one I'm not expecting anything for because we gave him a four- year contract and he's on big wages done but um so yeah I I, I I don't see it I don't see it um yeah I think five days. A lot would have to happen very, very quickly. Um, the only thing that's happened this week is that Torreira's gone and to Fiorentina, um, mm. the option to buy. I thought Kolesnach would have been close by now. William would have been close. Do you know what I mean? So, I just think things are just dragging, dragging. I think we might we will see a couple out on deadline day, um, but yeah, I, I feel I feel like this is it basically with the
1: mm. until next I, season. I mean, I did envisage this. I did think that you know it wasn't going to be easy to get rid of these guys. And I think what clubs would do, be, I mean, look, signing Kolasinac and signing um, Bellerin, they're hardly going to be people's top priorities. You know, they're not going to be teams' top priorities, right? So they're signings that they could probably afford to do late in the window, right? Kolasinac to Fenner clearly is a move to appease Ozil, right? I don't know what their left back options are like, but, he's probably gonna be probably their starting left back, right? So it's probably something that they can say, do you know what? We'll wait right until the end of the the, the deadline, where Arsenal are desperate and they just literally w- willing to give away players. And I think that's where most of our our deals are gonna happen. So maybe if we get, you know, four or five out, we can we we, we will see maybe someone come in. What do you reckon, Dan?
2: Yeah, I think I think there will be a lot of activity in the last couple of days of the window. Um this is what they um all been saying all summer that they expect the activity to pick up. Um I think there could be um I think Enketia could be going. There's some interest in him. Uh, as you said, there could be a late bid for him. And then Arsenal realizing that maybe 10 mil is actually right rather than the twenty million asking price. I mean, we should be already doing that, but um yeah. I think 10 mil. He's on he's only got what twelve months left on this deal, even less, ten months left on this deal.
1: Um I think that's I think we just I, I think we just handled the Nketiah situation. Very badly. Oh so yeah. badly.
2: Very, very badly. He's healthy. not a
1: ten million pound player. He should be going for £20, 25 yeah. You know, and and we fucked it. We fucked yeah. it. We should have sold him in Jan.
3: Should have sold him in Jan to West Ham. They asked for him. Was, we said was, no was and, 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 and then he did play for the for the next six months so yeah we've just we've just done poorly but yeah 10 months left on his deal you're not going to get a great deal apparently we rejected a 12 mil bid from palace i don't think you're going to get any more so the harsh reality is that's that's where we are now so, i reckon
2: they'll come back in for him um i reckon nelson could get a loan if if he wants to leave 'Cause I think that I think there's interested clubs in Nelson. He's just he just doesn't really want to, you know, take up those opportunities. So Nelson and Katia Ainsley, maybe I can again see alone. Um who else? Who else we got? Bellerin. Bellerin. Uh, I think I can't see him leave to be honest. The only thing that um we like hear swap doing...
1: maybe. Yeah, swap? that's what I was
2: gonna say. The only thing we're hearing rumors about is him swap for Trippier. Would you guys do that? I don't see the point in this. I can't be, I can't lie. I don't see a point in that. is what 31 going on 32. What well, about
1: if it's like a just a one-year swap?
2: That's that doesn't happen. There's gonna be a swap with a three-year, four-year contract attached to it.
1: So it won't be like a loan swap. I don't think that that's that has happens. that ever
3: happened. I've never seen a loan swap where, where two
1: <laughs> when <fit>. we uh, <laughs> when we signed Baptista, we gave them Reyes on loan, I think. Is that what we did? I think so. I don't, oh, okay. even swaps
2: in general don't happen that often you know so difficult to say and also like the valuation of both assets like bellerin valued around 20 25 from what we we're hearing Athletic are very strong on saying they want Trippier's release clause mm. which,
1: is, which is
2: what i, I think is like 35.
1: 30, yeah 35 mil which
2: is
3: ridiculous right. at his no age 30, and 30, his 30. his wages yeah.
1: so so I want to put it on record that I w- I would actually take Trippier for a year, right? And I know you guys are side eyeing me at, at, at this, but I just you, think you, you he's what, uh, I think he's better. I just think he's better than what we have. And you for a year, that? for a year, I would take it. And then I know I know it's not ideal, but I'm just looking at where we are in the window right now. We've got five days. We need a right back who's who's better than Chambers, who's better than Cedric, and who's better than Bellerin. And Kieran Trippier to me is that. So if you can have that for a year and we're not going to sign, you know, someone for the future, we're not going to sign like a, a a solid right back for um like a really good right back this season. Then get at least get someone who is better. At least get someone who is an upgrade. And if it, and if it's for a year, fuck it, do it.
2: The thing is though with that like you, you, this is in your opinion the ideal scenario. Let's get someone in for a year who is better than what we have. But in reality, that scenario doesn't quite play out because they're not just giving him to us for a year you know the parameters mm. will be different. It will probably be three years we probably in that case' have to then, stay no. on top you know that mm.
1: so I, I think... thought they were just eager to get him off the books
2: if if, if if we can do it for a year I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against it like you. but I don't think that's realistic so mm. that's why okay. I'm against them mm-hmm. um i just, I, just, I struggle to see all of us um all of them going I think only the English lads maybe. So, Enketia, Nelson and um, Ainsley.
1: Neni was linked to Besiktas. And then
2: he's living Gucci in London, man. He's not it's, here, not, uh, then, it's not
3: happening. Although, that said, his contract expires at the end of the season. So, I think I'll like, just let him go on a free... So, I mean, if, if it was me, I'd be like, take whatever Bishik are offering and go and buy Awa. <laughs> and then, do you know what I mean? And then you've got Awa, Lokonga, Jakar, Party, which is, it looks a lot healthier. Do you yeah, know what I mean? W- so-
1: way healthier. I mean, it's, if, if Leon are talking about a loan for Awa, come on, guys. You have to do it. To come on. It. I'm still a bit concerned as to why no other cunt wants him. Um, that is, like, quite concerning to me you know uh
3: apparently it's related to his um so his his brother is trying Is he's supposed to join a new agency um he's he's made a lot of promise to some new agents but he's still under contract with another agent um but apparently like obviously some of the commission and the fees that his brother's asking for it's just putting a lot of people off so no one's just no one's
1: I, 10 million pound loan for you straight to his brother yeah <laughs>
3: It looks like it. Where it looks like
1: it. Um, we've seen these things happen before, where family members can really hinder a player's progress, and this looks like um, another situation that <laughs> it, 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 hap- it
3: happened. Right. It happened last summer <laughs> when yeah. he was supposed to join us. So, <laughs> yeah. so it yeah. this
2: summer to the big boys, Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, I, I'm guessing. Look, it doesn't look like Lacazette's going anywhere. Um, there was a yeah. rumbling about. Man City could be in after Obamiang, but I just can't see it. I mean, Man City <laughs> do need a striker, and Man City are bastards, by the way. Man City will be the type of club Last to million. come in on deadline day and be like, yo, 30 million, Obamiang, yeah, what are yeah. you saying? and then it's
3: like, like if it came earlier in the window I probably would have done it but yeah. Um, yeah now it's counterproductive it doesn't help us any, in any way shape or form like if we were going to sell Oba we would have had to have sold him last month and then boom you've got time to go and do whatever you need to Don't do your like, selling your Oba like well. two three days before the deadline would just no be so kind of it, 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 it doesn't make any sense for
2: you make it, it. Point, that's, what they, that's what they did with Alexis didn't yeah, they yeah it's because exactly they what the they arm, did with Alexis no
1: bid and then deadline day bids that really fucked us because i had actually had sympathy with the club for, for that situation yeah we fucked it in general and we should have we should have probably sold him but the thing is they were lowballing us all summer of 35 mil 35 mil 35 mil 36, 36. they were doing what arsenal would do and then final day of the window they came in and be like all right cool we'll give you what was it 50 i can't remember what it was 50 yeah. And and we they finally gave us what we wanted, but it's like, come on, guys! Like, what? What? We are going to replace our star player on the last day of the window? You know, I that that was just shit from Man City, and I've I've always felt like they they do business in a really horrible way. Um, and I get it; it's competitive. You know, people trying to do outdo each other, but I still feel like you need to operate within certain guidelines of business you know like have some respect for the people that you're you're doing business with but listen it don't always work out that way and it you're it's a competitive sport but yeah it, it actually wouldn't surprise me if Man City came in with a deadline day offer for Aubameyang for like 30 mil um and and they, they like test our resolve I do wonder how the club would react to that actually um 30 mil might be a lot to to turn down um you know, if, uh, if, if it did come in, but yeah. All right, guys, let's, um, let's call it a day. Um, You know, some, some positives to, 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 you know, after a bit of a disappointing week, but, you know, I'm sure we'll be back to, to having a good cry on, on Saturday (laughs) when, uh, you know, Man City give us one, but yeah, uh, Dan, Sean, Leroy, great having you on guys. um, Give our Patreon a, a subscribe if you, if you haven't done so already. Um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned for some more live show stuff. Take it easy, guys. Let's Peace. To two two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. here's Yo. it
0: Classic free that, kick uh, Take And we're heading For a headline in the paper final. Nothing we can
1: do about it about But it. I won't see you right Man could have had that fight But I'm in on side. Man have to grab that man You're not gonna spit this time Trying to work with a well, good energy
0: gonna work again. with a bad man fight it's amazing, like, oh, it's our <laughs> That's, My That's the response of Arsenal. And Chelsea. Team Manker, Simply Lost their focus in the joy of equalizing. Sports Social Podcast Network.